Hi, and welcome to Solved It, the show where we explore big, impossible problems and talk to the people who solve them. I'm Karen Worthy, your host, and I'm excited to have you here. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Karen Worthy, and today I'm going to talk to you about experimentation and how to take risks at work in an employee-engaging way. In last week's episode, we talked with Tim Chamberlain, who talked about the explorer mindset and taking risks in the workplace. I want to dive further into that concept today in this mini-lesson around experimentation in the workplace. There is a um, there is an amazing book called Primed to Perform by Neil Doshi and Lindsay McGregor. I highly recommend that you read it if you have not. This book talks about how to build high-performing cultures through the science of total motivation. One of their findings is that play is one of the highest contributors to employee motivation. And no, this is not ping pong tables in the break room. Play is surrounding the work itself. And when you find the work itself as to be fun and engaging, you are motivated to do it and your overall employee motivation goes up. And usually this sense of play in the workplace is driven by curiosity and experimentation. So play is finding this intrinsic fun within the work itself. And it's different for every person. In some people, this is going to look like, I love working with Excel worksheets and I find a lot of play and a lot of enjoyment and a lot of fun working through the numbers and figuring out what the numbers are telling me. Other people might think that that sounds like the absolute worst thing in the world and they get their enjoyment, their play, their fun, their sense of fulfillment in the workplace from in talking with other people and coaching them. And they thrive on that piece of it. And that part is fun. Intrinsically, the work itself is fun for that. So this is going to vary a little bit person by person. But what I want you to think about is this concept of play within the work itself. In the concept that we can really emphasize this by capitalizing on curiosity and experimentation. And we're going to dive deep into experimentation today. So I could probably talk for months on the topic of total motivation and play specifically. Actually, I have talked for months on this, so apologize for those of y'all I've worked with in the past who have listened to me talk about this. But today I want to dive into one specific tactical example with experimentation and how in the workplace it can drive employee engagement and better business results. When we think of experimentation or an experiment, probably you're getting some visualization in your head around a scientist in a lab, but the concept in the workplace is the same. It might be an experiment where an operations manager runs an experiment to see if a new quality procedure produces better customer results. It might be a recruiter who is running a small experiment to see which wording in a job description yields more qualified applicants. It might be an HR business partner who is running an experiment to see which coaching method provides better support for their up-and-coming leaders in their organization. All of these are experiments, and they all have some very common things to, they all have some things that are very much in common, and we'll kind of go through what is the the breakdown of an experiment, what do you need to look for to make one successful, And how do you set your team up so that they are encouraged and motivated to run these experiments as well? So 
we are going to dive into experimentation, but first let's talk about what makes a good experimentation or what makes a good experiment. There's a couple things to keep in mind. One is you want to break these into small chunks. An experiment should not be months and months or years of one experiment. It's going to take too long. It can have an overall result or an overall end goal that is longer, is the months or years. But every micro experiment should be broken into ideally a week, maybe two weeks if it takes a little bit longer for something like that. If you're thinking, I can't break mine into that small chunks, take your experiment that's planned for three months and figure out what the steps are in the smaller components and treat each of those like a micro experiment along the way, ideally less than one to two weeks. And then you need to be able to measure the results. So when we're thinking about this experiment, you, you want to be able to tell, is it working or is it not working? So let's take the example of a recruiter who changed the wording in the job description. Potentially, they are posting the same job in two markets or in two areas or on two different job boards, and they have two different wordings that they are playing around with. This can help have a control and the experiment uh, piece to be able to tell what the impact is of the experiment. Third, your experiment needs to be able to be easily rolled back. So you don't want to do anything that is going to be very, you don't want to have a one-way door. You don't want to be not able to walk back through that door and put things back the way they were if the experiment doesn't work out. Because the essence of the experiment is that the goal is learning and not necessarily success. Yes, we want it to be successful, but we really want to stay away from the concept of success and failure in terms of this. Success is learning. And it's if your change doesn't work. So if you are this recruiter and you change the wording and you see a lot less applicants or you see a lot less qualified applicants, it's not a failure. You have learned something really important through that and you move on and do another experiment. Experiments are about the learning, less about the success or failure rate in a more traditional sense. And because it's about the learning, it makes it a lot lower risk. It allows people to jump into this without this fear of failure that some people so often have with trying something new. This is just an experiment. We go into it from the start saying, I'm going to try this. If it doesn't work, that's okay. I can always turn it back the way it used to be, but I'll have learned something. And that is okay. And then fourth and really foremost, we need to not sink the ship during the experiment. And so if you think of a ship on the water or on the ocean, there's a water line. And thinking about this, if you blow a hole in the ship, like something fails above the water line, you'll have to repair it. Yes. But will, it the, will the ship sink? No, because the water will not get in. It's above the water line. If you have a hole below the water line, you're going to start flooding the ship and the ship will potentially sink. So you want to make sure that your experiment, if it does not succeed, is going to have an impact above the waterline where you can easily patch it up and move forward. You don't want it to be something that's below the waterline. So examples for this might be doing something irreversible that might lose you a major customer. That would be below the waterline or doing something that might get you in big legal trouble might be below the waterline. But doing something that is easily able to be patched up, put back together the way it was, if it doesn't work out the way you thought it was, definitely a good candidate for an experiment. 
So as we go through these, there's two examples I'm going to talk through, and we can kind of think about these throughout the, the course of the lesson today. One is an experiment where the candidate, the recruiter, and the hiring manager are worried about candidate offer acceptance rate. So this is the, the number of people or the percentage of people that are accepting the offers that have been sent out. And let's say this is something this particular company is struggling with, and this recruiter has an idea. They want to have all of the people that interviewed the candidate reach out after the offer is sent, but before it's signed, and have all of the interviewers reach out individually through an email to say, I'm so glad you, um, I'm so glad we're making the offer, can't wait to work for you, or can't wait to work with you, and please reach out if you have any questions. Just basically welcoming this new person to the team even before they've officially accepted the offer. Um, this is an experiment. This might go really well. This might have some issues that the recruiter is about to learn about. But it's a pretty low-risk experiment. So let's go through this criteria and see if it meets these criteria of a good experiment. So one, it needs to be less than one to two weeks. We could, Depending on how quickly you're hiring, you could probably test this with multiple candidates in less than two weeks to see what happens. And you're going to get the feedback pretty quickly. They're, the candidate's either going to accept or decline the offer within usually less than a week. And so you should be able to meet that time frame. Two is have a way to measure the results. If your success criteria is learning about whether or not this improves the candidate acceptance rate, you have those results built in. You know whether the candidate is accepting or declining your offer. Number three, is it easy to roll back if needed? Yeah, it's probably pretty easy. It's probably as simple as um, not providing the email address to the interviewers or not prompting them to go email when an offer is sent, and you can go back to your old process pretty simply. And then four, is it going to sink the ship or not? If this goes really, really wrong, is the entire business going to have a major impact? No, probably not. Um, this is one of those that is well above the waterline. So if it goes wrong, if something does not work well, just roll it back, patch it up a little bit, and move forward. So that's a good way to think about these particular ones. Let's talk through one more example. So this one is around employee retention. So say you are getting feedback, you're an HR manager or an operations manager, you're getting feedback from the employees that they are, um, you're seeing the data that there are a lot of employees that are quitting. Um, the feedback is coming back that they don't have enough time or FaceTime with their manager. And so you are going to do an experiment with one of your departments where you're going to move from weekly team huddles to a short daily team huddle of 10 minutes a day. And this experiment is one of those, you don't know what the result's going to be. You think it will help, but let's walk through, does it make a good experiment? So again, we've got four criteria. One, it needs to be small, less than one to two weeks. So thinking about this, um, you can probably do this in a two-week experiment. You can even... I wouldn't, and I would highly encourage, tell the team what you're doing. Tell them, we're going to try this. You don't have to use the word experiment because people might not understand, but you can say, we're going to test this. We're going to try this for two weeks. I'm going to get your feedback. We're going to see what happens. And if this is not working, we will put it back the way it used to be. So it alleviates not only your failure or your change aversion as a manager, but it also kind of alleviates the risk or fear of change within the employee base that's going through this proactively tell them a heads up, we're going to try this for two weeks. This is not going to be a forever thing. At the end of two weeks, we're going to get your feedback and then we're going to figure out which way we move forward. All right, so we're going through the list of does this make a good experiment. 
One, less than two weeks. Yes, this checks the box. Two, have a way to be measuring the results. So it's probably not an easy enough one-to-one correlation between employee retention and this particular meeting schedule, but we can measure the results in different ways. We can get employee feedback at the end or even during this process and measure those results. And so we do have some feedback coming in. Uh, Three, can you easily roll this back as if needed? Yes, very easy to change the meeting schedule back. And then four, does it not sink the ship during the experiment? So the things to think about here, it probably doesn't sink the ship, but is there some business need that would prevent every team member from attending one of these daily meetings that if they had to attend this 10-minute daily meeting, it would completely mess up some customer or some other business objective? Those are the kind of things you need to think through. So we've kind of got that for a list. Highly encourage you to jot those down. It needs to be less than two weeks. Need to have a way to measure the results. Need to be able to easily roll it back if needed and then need to not sink the ship during the experiment. Now I want to talk through, and we've been talking about this a little bit as we go, but what are some of the benefits of really operating this way and thinking about things in terms of experiments? One is that it's a lot lower risk and so it's a lot less scary for yourself and for your employee. The goal is learning, not success or failure. So either way, you meet your goal. Either way, you learn something as you go through this and you reduce that fear of failure. It's also a pretty low business risk. The micro experiments, the one to two week experiments that don't sink the ship, these are not going to be a large business risk. And so it's a lot easier way to learn and to grow. And this drives continuous improvement, but it also drives employee engagement. While the employees are doing this experimentation, they're engaged, their curiosity is peaked, they're thinking about is this going to work or is this not? And it really drives that employee engagement, employee total motivation, employee retention. And then while that is activated, you're going to get better business results as a consequence of that. So up to this point, we've been talking mostly about how do you personally drive your own experiments. Most of you guys listening are probably uh, leaders and have people reporting to you, have teams, And so I want to really also emphasize, how do you drive an environment where your team feels comfortable to experiment on their own? So first and foremost, don't punish for failure. So if somebody is trying something that's outside of their comfort zone and it's new for them and they're experimenting and it quote unquote fails, which we know not to use that word, but if it does fail, don't yell at them, don't dock their pay, don't put it in their performance review reward the behavior of experimenting, reward the behaviors that they went through, reward the learning that they have gotten, and don't make failure this big thing that they have to avoid at all cost. The next one I want you to do is start with yourself and model the behavior for your team and model it very visibly and out in the open. Talk about your experiments with your team. Talk about what it is to do an experiment. Have this word becoming part of your vocabulary within your team. And then you can start to very gently ask, what are you experimenting with? And make it part of the expectation that everybody is always experimenting. It should be part of the norm. If you have a weekly team meeting, let people share what they're experimenting on to get feedback from others and share their successes and share their learnings. And then the other thing that is really critical with this is you as a leader probably already have enough knowledge to know if something is going to sink the ship or not. Your employees might, but they also might not. And so you need to make sure you're providing them with business insights and business knowledge so that they can know 
how far they can go with their experiments and make sure you're, especially in the beginning, talking with them about what their experiments are so that you can help provide some of that insight and some of that guidance so that they don't go too far with them. All right, so a lot of things about experimentation. I would issue a challenge to each of you guys. What is one micro experiment you can do within your work environment in the next week uh, that you can learn from? Maybe it'll be successful, maybe it won't, but you'll have that learning and you'll continue to get engaged and really thinking about how you can improve things through this experimentation method. This will open the door for you to try more bit more and bigger things further down the line, but you've got to start small with this small experimentation. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I, as you can probably tell, I'm very passionate about this topic. If anyone wants to reach out and chat with me more about how to implement this in their particular team environment, happy to be of service for that. Uh, feel free to reach out to me, Karen Worthy, at link- on LinkedIn, and I will respond to all of my messages there as well. All right. Thank you so much and have a great day. Bye.